saying that it makes no sense uh, having just recorded episode 134 to now be recording episode 81 when episode 81 already exists but I'll quickly elaborate on that and I'll talk about what it is that I want to actually use this episode for. Um, So the original episode 81 I don't feel belongs within the uh, series I guess or the collection of podcasts that I've created. And rather than leave it there to kind of stagnate and more than anything annoy me, I actually felt like a more useful way uh, to use it or to use that spot was to create a new podcast, but not one where I'm going to have a guest on, interview them and then kind of bury them in the middle of the deck, which feels a little bit unfair um, for them giving up their time. I actually thought instead what I would do, something that would be far more useful to people listening is is to do a bit of a recommendation episode using um, some names that won't or almost definitely won't be able to make it onto the podcast for one reason or another. Some of these are people that just don't speak the same language. Um, some of these are people that have just said no. Um, and some of these are people that I've just never heard back from when approaching them. And um, that's all totally fine. I still love their work and I still want to recommend it. So this is going to be a very short uh, episode. Uh, not least because I have next to no voice left um, as a result of currently probably dealing with COVID. Unfortunately, it does seem like we are waiting for a test result to to kind of confirm one way or the other, but it does certainly seem like there's a pretty good chance that as I sit here recording right now, I am in sort of day three of um, COVID, I guess is the only way to put it. So to just kind of explain what I want to do with this episode, it's going to be very brief. Like I said, I'm going to talk about some photographers um, and this episode in particular, I'm going to stick with portrait photographers uh, because lately I've been doing a lot of soul searching with my own work. I think a lot of us over the past 12 months have been given far more time to think than we'd probably want. And uh, I, like many other people, I'm sure, have found a, a lot of areas in which I can improve or outright overhaul. Um, when it comes to my photography. And in doing that, I have has have sought out amazing artists. And um, I just wanted to talk about some of my, my personal favourites, either uh, that have stood the test of time and have been with me since I started photographing, or some that I have found maybe over the last 12 months. I'm not going to go into great detail about each one. I'm, what I will say is, if you are listening to this anywhere other than YouTube, the YouTube video that I will create for this podcast will actually have screenshots for social media links and and website and whatnot. So if if you are looking to use this episode just to bolster your Instagram feed, get some new exciting photographers onto your Instagram or just new work to check out by going to their website, your best bet is to listen to this over at YouTube. Just search Chris Carl Photography Podcast. It all works under the same title and the video that comes with the podcast will give you all of the necessary information for each person because I know obviously with some names there might be more than one person out there Um, and in one case with this there's a name that I outright can't pronounce so um, even if I had a voice it wouldn't come out particularly well. With all that said rather than me waste any more time let's crack on. So a big transition in my work or my, my taste at least over the past 
couple of years has just been, I'd say, a bit of a maturing in terms of following slightly older photographers and older techniques and moving away from especially modern retouch. And a few of the photographers here kind of fall under the same umbrella for that. I've become very obsessed with black and white photography. I've become very obsessed with much more raw and potent portraiture that has more texture to it, that isn't so polished, isn't so cartoonified as seems to be the trend now with with portrait photography. And as a Sony user, I do have to apologize to all non-Sony users for whatever the hell Sony users seem to be up to when it comes to restoring really badly exposed photos and then cartoonifying them. But with all that said, you know, one of my biggest influences um, and one of my favorite photographers just to view their work in general is, as with many people, is, is Peter Lindbergh. And obviously his passing was incredibly sad and a great loss to the photographic community in general. Um, this was discussed, you know, many, many episodes ago with Peter Coulson. It's come up several times since. He was a huge influence on many people. And um, I actually feel like I've unearthed a few people that could potentially be the natural heir to his sort of kingship within photography, to his his spot. And obviously no one's going to replace him, but I feel like the next step in the evolution might be here. Uh, the first photographer that I'll talk about is a French guy based in Paris, Arthur Hubert Legrand. And you can find his work at arthurhubertlegrand.studio. So it's Arthur Hubert and then L-E-G-R-A-N-D dot studio. Paris-based photographer tends to work with natural light an awful lot. Very well controlled natural light using negative film and black flags, much like uh, Peter Lindbergh. I just find his work to be uh, incredibly real. It's loads of texture, it's raw, it's, it's very tastefully retouched where it is retouched at all. Um, he has this fantastic blend of portraiture with fashion, which is something that I'm seeing more and more. And I absolutely love the mix because you're taking the, the person as a person rather than as a model. They're not there as a, a sort of a template or a mannequin. They're actually there as their own personality. But then that is kind of put on steroids with the way that the, the posing and the shooting is done does an amazing job of photographing on the rooftop in Paris. Uh, he's definitely worth a follow on Instagram because he quite often seems to do Instagram lives where you can just basically get a really amazing live behind the scenes of his shooting. He's got just countless amazing images and not someone I've heard many other people talk about. So that's Arthur Hubert Legrand. Absolutely worth a follow. Absolutely worth checking out. Amazing photographer. Someone else who I've often brought up as being a, a fantastic natural successor to Peter Lindbergh and mostly down to the way that she photographs street scenes and uh, sort of street fashion and, and portrait shoots um, is a well-known name at this point, which is Agatha Surge. And you can find her at agathasurge.com or just search Agatha Surge on Instagram. I believe originally from Warsaw. I might be wrong there. It might be like the, that might be the Polish equivalent of when everyone in England says they're from London whenever they're asked about it by anyone abroad. but. Um, she does shoot an awful lot in New York. I think she she is also very Lindbergh-esque in that that texture and the realism and the grittiness, but still such elegant images, tons of character. She works with some phenomenal looking people. And I don't just mean pretty, but I mean just fantastically interesting people with tons of story and character to their face. Tremendous at pulling emotion. And she's actually in my opinion, just the freckle queen. She takes these amazing images 
um, that really pull amazing uh, freckles out from her subjects. I think obviously a lot of that comes down to uh, retouch, but I'm a big fan of it. Absolutely worth following. And the weird fact I found out quite a while ago is that a lot of her best shots were taken with a little Canon uh, 40mm uh, 2.8 STM pancake lens, which just, you know, if she's producing the work that she is using that lens, then it just goes to show that people that obsess over gear are kind of missing the point. So yeah, Agatha Surge, check her out at agathasurge.com, although I think everyone's probably heard of her. Um, and then the the third person I would introduce into this potential Lindbergh heir would be uh, Julian Amieva. So it's Julian Amieva. It's Julian hyphen Amieva dot studio. J-U-L-I-A-N hyphen A-M-I-E-V-A dot studio. You also obviously find them on Instagram and phenomenal work. I'll be honest with you, despite a fair bit of digging on my part, I can't really find any information. What I'll say is again, black and white imagery, which is really where I'm obsessed at the moment. But there's a really soft feminine touch to this work. You probably, uh, with all of this, need to be careful about not checking this stuff out at work or when you're on a bus because they are tending to shoot the odd nude image every once in a while. So just be aware there. But yeah, just wonderfully soft feminine images, but they have this amazing deliberate and defined light. A lot of times when people do soft feminine work, it's just very big light sources that don't seem to have an awful lot of direction or a lot of purpose. It's just about making as many flaws disappear as possible. Whereas with with Julian Amieva, I'm definitely finding that there seems to be a tremendous amount of deliberacy to the execution of the lighting, creating, you know, wonderful lines on the jawline, on the cheekbone, just, yeah, just carving people out with soft light, which is actually surprisingly hard to do. So many people can either, you know, carve people out with hard light and then you've got all of the flaws to deal with, or they can just make everyone look like a marshmallow. But there's a tremendous skill here um, to creating these defined soft images. So yeah, those are my three heir apparents, in my opinion, to Lindbergh's crown. So that's Arthur Hubert Legrand, Agatha Serge, and Julian Amieva. Uh, moving on past the uh, Lindbergh sort of era. I'd actually talk about the, the first photographer that really uh, influenced me, really excited me, really made me want to photograph people. Um, and that's Emily Soto. Um, Emily Soto, I first discovered through uh, just a whole bunch of random BTS videos when I first started going, as many people do, to YouTube to find work, to inspire me or just to educate myself. And I actually found with Emily Soto's videos, although there was, there was no talking on almost any of them, um, and it was all just BTS. There was no intention to educate to any deliberate degree. I still found myself being so taken in by everything that was there and, and picking up so many little tips. Um, I love the images. I love her earlier work, which is going back sort of 2012, 2013. She's actually shifted quite a bit in terms of the style that you see there. She went from this very, very soft, very feminine, natural light mixed with. I believe she was using a beauty dish on location, but sort of mixed lighting on sunny days, bright California type days. She went from that to now photographing almost Rankin-esque editorials where there's, there's, you know, use of deliberate misfocus, there's the use of motion blur, mixed mediums, there's a vast range of subjects beyond the standard that you would see from um, a lot of people when it comes to doing editorial fashion and portraiture. 
And she's someone who is always doing something new and different. And although it's maybe not unique because, you know, it's a hundred years into electric music, no one's really doing anything unique with anything anymore. Um, but she's certainly carving out her own little spot. She's photographed s- some big campaigns. She's photographed some, some fairly big magazine stuff. And just overall, um, she's the photographer that I most wanted to have on the podcast. And despite many desperate attempts, I've just never heard back from her, which is very sad. But Emily Soto, emilysoto.com, my first and my most important influence and someone who um, I would really recommend uh, to anybody that's looking to be inspired by just photographing people in general. Another person that um, I've never had, unfortunately, much success when it comes to convincing them to come on the podcast is Michael Volchinovic. And that's probably one that I'm mispronouncing very slightly, but I'm definitely running out of voice. You can find his work at vibrantshot.com. He has an amazing ProEDU tutorial, probably, in my opinion, the best one that they made. Really, really fantastic tips for people that are looking to really make a go of working in editorial fashion or portrait photography when it comes to working practice, lighting tips, workarounds for different effects within studio. Uh, Just a a fantastically clinical guy, very clear, and um, has a a fantastic way of breaking down what seems like incredibly difficult jobs into quite simple ones. Uh, I believe originally from Toronto, and I'm a big Maple Leaf fan, so I'm on board with that. Uh, I think he's now based in LA. That would be, I'm pretty sure he's now based in LA. He's just an amazing retoucher. His lighting is beyond clinical. It's just so perfectly done. You know, there's no room for improvement, I don't think. Um, and he also photographs just a, a range of stunning people. Uh, he really just has this incredible sort of commercial editorial look down. His beauty work is fantastic. You can find a ton of his retouching tip videos on YouTube. And whilst a lot of it would go straight over my head, I'm sure it'd be useful to a lot of you guys out there who are much more competent and uh, much more focused on that kind of thing. Um, Yeah, he's just a a fantastic uh, photographer, especially a big fan of his like How Something Was Shot series on YouTube where he breaks down a photo into where the lighting was and everything else. So he's really worth a look. The one problem is is just spelling his name. So for the sake of hilarity, I'm probably losing my voice by the end of this. I'll spell it. So it's Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. And then Volchinovic is W-O-L-O-S-Z-Y-N-O-W-I-C-Z. And again, you can find him at vibrantshot.com or just search for him on Instagram. Another guy that's um, absolutely worth a follow. Let me tuck in one that I'm just going to have no hope of actually sort of making anything of because I know so little. I even had to message him just to ask what his name was because he has no website that I can that I can fathom. Um, and his Instagram isn't actually under his name, so it's very confusing, but his work was worth the digging. Um, so something I would recommend before we get onto this person is, is if you are interested in a particular type of work or a particular film stock you want to work with, a particular camera, anything like that, and I'm sure everyone does this, I'm just old and recommending something that everyone's already heard of, but I would definitely recommend um, following hashtags and being very deliberate with the hashtags that you follow. In general, I would massively uh, encourage people to do as good a job as possible curating their Instagram feed. If it's something you're going to spend a lot of time looking at, get rid of anything that doesn't inspire you, get rid of anything that doesn't make you feel positive, get rid of anything that isn't going to put you in the mood to take photographs and just have stuff that is going to inspire you. And by following hashtags quite often, um, in fact, many episodes of the podcast so far have been 
photographers who I found through this method. So it definitely works. It's definitely a great way to stay inspired, but also not to just have the same people on repeat on your um, feed over and over again. And this is how I found this person. It was through following a um, hashtag for, I believe it was for portrait. Um, and it was like a, a portrait, portrait hashtag where basically I just, I wasn't seeing a lot done with portrait that excited me, but I kept getting told by people how incredible portrait was. So yeah, I decided to kind of, I decided to give it a look and this guy eventually came up. Now, uh, I believe his name is pronounced Igor Kondukov. You can find him on Instagram under Konduplenka, which is K-O-N-D-U-P-L-E-N-K-A. It just has this wonderful, clean, refined style of film portraiture. He's pretty much the only film portrait guy that I follow that shoots colour and black and white, and I really can't decide which I prefer more. Um, I'm almost always venturing towards black and white, but with him, both are amazing. I really can't tell you a lot about him, unfortunately. Uh, There's a huge language barrier there. And although he was kind enough to give me his name, which I think he's now added to the top of his Instagram profile, there's really no other information, no website I can give. So yeah, Kondu Planka, just a phenomenal portrait photographer and another guy who shares a lot of stuff in his story that could be really valuable for what you're doing. And the last two names that I'd like to add both beauty photographers, both do fashion work. Uh, one is, I think, Russian or Ukrainian based out in LA and also Dallas. And the other is German. So we'll start with the German, why not? Uh, so Lina Tesh, L-I-N-A-T-E-S-C-H. Uh, you can find her at linatesh.com or also just search Lina Tesh on Instagram. Fashion beauty photographer based in Berlin. In terms of uh, how revealing the fashion work is, I would say just get it in your mind that there's European levels of modesty involved. So yeah, again, probably not one to open up when, you know, the whole family stood behind you and you're on the computer or on the bus or whatever. There's going to be some stuff in there that might offend some people in terms of a little bit of light nudity. So apologies for that. But her work has this wonderful blend of complexity and simplicity. So there's the honesty to the retouching, which is a huge deal for me. I'm not someone that gravitates towards really crazy retouching 99% of the time. Uh, Really, really honest retouching, really beautiful, restrained retouching. And actually the context of the the images is where the complexity mixed with the simplicity comes in. There are examples of very straightforward, one light monochromatic images that have a very clear simplicity to them, but they're still really impactful. And then other images that have bright, vibrant colors and interesting posing, wide angle lenses, graphic design elements, so much going on. But at the same time, they don't feel busy. They don't feel over the top. It still feels like it's really on message and everything about it I really enjoy. So yeah, as far as, as far as, you know, someone that's just really damn good at what they do, Lena Tesh is just fantastic. I really do recommend, especially if you are someone that's at a bit of a crossroads with retouching or you're looking for someone that does it well, probably does a bit more than I realize, but still makes it look like very little's being done. Um, Lena Tesh is fantastic. But on the subject of retouching, on the subject of beauty photography, my final name for this recommendation video, and again, I apologize, this is a bit of a shorter one and that you're listening to me 
barely able to speak. Julia Kuzmenko McKim, a beauty photographer and retoucher based in LA and Dallas, just a phenomenal, massive commercial client list, a stunning portfolio, just retouching that I honestly don't think I could get in a thousand years of trying. I actually found her first uh, through a a lighting tutorial which taught you about the elements that go into building up amazing beauty and portrait light and it was just eye-opening to me some of the little details that go a long way to make an image go from being good to just phenomenal and it's simplified to an extent where anyone could do it i would absolutely recommend if anyone can find this tutorial which i can't remember the name of um, off the top of my head but if anyone can find a julie kuzmenko tutorial they absolutely buy it and and watch the pants off of it so they can learn a little bit about lighting beyond what i think a lot of people realize i just think the world's best beauty photographer i i genuinely think the world's best retoucher i love her work i think it's just the absolute pinnacle of of beauty of commercial portraiture of fashion work i just think it's it's stunning and absolutely someone that everyone should have in their instagram feed if they're in anyway remotely interested in photographing people because it's just so inspiring and even though I'll never produce work that's as good I'm just someone that loves photography so much I do love seeing it so again I do apologize for the fact that I can barely talk through this one we'll go ahead and say that I probably do have COVID which is the reason why I'm struggling to um, speak and so on at the moment for the people that do find this episode uh, a massive thank you for being so thorough as to go back through an old episode and find this And to those that have supported the podcast over the course of the last sort of 18 months, it really picked up as of about April 2020 uh, when the lockdowns really took effect and I could uh, go ahead and press on with spending quite a lot of time speaking to photographers all around the world. I'm actually recording this on the 1st of January 2021. Um, So it's been a bit of a crazy sort of 10 months, eight, eight, nine, 10 months, whatever it's been. And uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, the last 12 months have, has depleted my finances like you wouldn't believe. The, the industry that I work in, the wedding industry, has just disappeared. Um, if you would like to support this podcast, if you have been listening for a while, I'd really ask you to kindly um, offer your support, which you can do so by searching for Chris Carl Photography Podcast at patreon.com and um, being kind enough to make a donation. Please do go and follow all of these wonderful photographers tell them that I sent you and then maybe we can trick them into coming on the podcast in the future. I hope that you all stay safe. I hope you're all well. And uh, yeah, thank you so much.
time. 